welcome to the Entrepreneur Success Formula podcast, where we'll, we will be getting down to earth with real entrepreneurs who work hard and know that success is more than a mindset, and it takes blood, guts, and a bucket full of luck to survive and thrive in the world of business today. And in this episode, if I can get my words out, I am speaking with Sheila Walsh, who is a psychology coach who runs the Tilted podcast on Anchor FM, has written two books, Self-Care and Authentic Journey and Codependency and Authentic Journey, and encourages us to get clear, get focused, and move forward by harnessing our strengths, changing what isn't working, and moving in the right direction. Sheila has been facilitating and coaching a diverse clientele since 2008, including mental health organizations which we will touch upon in this show executive coaching with leaders in irish and international organizations business owners and their teams as well as individuals who wanted to move forward their potential and optimal well-being personally and professionally so sheila welcome to the show hello <laughs> that's a very big introduction so yes it's a 20 minutes of focused focused conversation on what you do how you do it and the real challenges facing you as an entrepreneur so for the number for one one question which we always say to all of our guests is how did you get your first customer was it back in 2008 when you started yeah i'll be honest it was before 2008 so a big part of any of the training i did involved good case studies because i'm very yeah. research orientated and it involved a lot of pro bono work so my clients actually were as much part of my upskilling as they were clients. So actually the first lot of clients came through referrals from the original pro bono clients that I would have been working with. Um, mm -hmm. Some of them would have been personal and some would have been businesses. But I kind of had a little reputation because I had, was doing case studies instead of coming out first and selling something. I started with case studies to research what would work. So my clients actually came through referrals, but they came from, originally free clients that I was working with. That is actually a really good tip as well. Uh, and, and it works brilliantly for any, any, anyone who's starting out who listens or watches, because we're on YouTube as well as iTunes, um, this podcast, is that it by, and a lot of people know that by giving something away free, because uh, you don't actually ever give anything away free, you're mm. always having some sort of exchange, is a really good way to start to get your, your brand out there. So that's a really good start. Thank you very much for that. What has been the biggest mental challenge you've had to overcome as an entrepreneur, and especially as you help people with the, the, the mindset side? Yeah, I suppose I think the biggest thing, especially starting out, is am I good enough? So it's, it doesn't always come out as am I good enough. Sometimes it comes out as the competition is bigger or they're more skilled or they have a bigger clientele or it comes out by looking at the marketplace and seeing the flaws in the marketplace. But really, I think for me, the biggest thing was, am I good enough to do what I'm doing? So I know I can do it, but am I good enough to be doing it and charging for it? Um, mm -hmm. And I think that was actually, and I suppose that that took years actually of developing and working through, but to actually believe that what I was offering and the value I was adding was A, important, just because it was natural to me, didn't mean it's natural for the people I work with and be that it was at the value that I required it to be at to make it into a business to actually live off what I was doing. Um, so I think the biggest thing is often, am I good enough? And especially it shows up in that comparison when you're looking at the marketplace or you're looking at other people. Um, so I think that was the biggest challenge was, am I really good enough? Not just can I do it, but am I good enough to do it? Fantastic. I'm going to I'm going to have a little add-on question to that one because as you obviously you work with people who have uh, in you know in the in the mental health and the mindset field. What has been the biggest mental challenge for your clients? What's the number one thing that keeps coming up? 
it's it's really funny because I think universally whether I'm working with someone in a mental health field or I'm working with somebody in business it's knowing our strengths and um, knowing what isn't our strength so knowing when we don't have to be good at everything and learning to kind of accept what we are good at and what we're not good at I think self-acceptance is a massive part of overcoming any challenge and of building up resilience is kind of knowing ourselves strongly enough to know where we should be focusing our energies and where we're wasting energy, maybe pursuing something for less clear motivation. So, you know, trying to be perceived a particular way or not believing in ourselves. So we're focusing on what we're not good at. I think actually self-acceptance and focusing on our strengths is one of the hardest things for most people I work with. I love that. Thank you. Uh, it's interesting because I think, you know, 10, 15 years ago, it was always uh, like the accepted norm in coaching is to, is to focus on your weaknesses and improve those. Whereas nowadays it's the opposite because of niching. Everyone says, no, just focus on your strengths. Enjoy what you do. I did a, a session yesterday on motivation, you know, what motivates mm. people and, you know, fulfillment and having been pushed in your role are actually two, they're all, they're part of the same thing now. So it's, um, it's about having fun, but also about learning at the same time. Um, I think it's just the, the way the business is done now. So great stuff. Thank you. If you had to start all over again from scratch, what's the one thing you would do differently? I would focus like I think that I would focus on what it is I'm adding value and to who. So I wouldn't get distracted by how everyone else is doing it. I wouldn't be like competing in the marketplace. I'd come to where I am now, which is what do I offer? Who does it help? Who has the money to pay for it? It's that simple. It's how do I help? who needs it and who will pay for it because lots of people need it. I spent a lot of time working in volunteer organizations and I still do, but I, I was placing it in places that what I was offering, what wasn't able to be valued. So I wasn't actually being paid adequately. So I think the major focus I'd have now is what am I offering? Who needs it and who can afford to pay for it? And that's where I'd, I'd stick my attention. I wouldn't be distracted by other things. Fantastic. And, and again, for people that are starting out, uh, unless you are a charitable organization, unless you do something that's funded through grants, which there are a lot of grants out there, mm. by the way, um, they just tend to take a, lot, a long time to apply for and get. Um, your business is reliant on you making a positive impact in someone else's life and you being paid for it in some way, shape or form, unless you have loads of money in the bank and you don't need paying. So yeah. it's always worthwhile. That's a really good tip. So thank you very much for that. What's the one piece of advice? you would give out um, to a young entrepreneur starting in the current climate today mm. um, and oh I said I wasn't going to I wasn't going to mention this but <laughs> I have to now um, especially considering brrr, the b-word Brexit. I think the starting point um, for a young entrepreneur is really to think about what it is they need to learn so I, I think that there's something to offer but there's something to learn and if you can figure out what the learning gap is sooner rather than later, you're, you're going to be miles ahead of other people starting off at the same point. And one thing I do think that is whenever there is um, social struggles, such as like the likes of Brexit and, and, and different challenges like that, there's always an opportunity within them, especially for people who are adaptive. So I think that young entrepreneurs can bring that adaptation to what they're doing because they aren't established and they don't have this system that is already working. They're still designing their system and their processes. So I think focusing on the development while also focusing on what you're trying to bring forward will give a young entrepreneur a chance to, to take a couple of steps ahead of everybody else starting on the same day. Um, 
I think sometimes you can put too much focus into what you're offering and making money. And absolutely, you need to be focused on that. But if you're ignoring your developmental areas, that's going to become your limitation sooner rather than later. So just check what don't I know? Do you need to be doing a basic bookkeeping course on top of all this creative work you're doing? Do you need to, is your business plan in place or do you need some support around that? Do you need to get a formal mentor because you know your area, but you don't know business? I think just know where your vulnerability is and get support for it because you're going to need to develop that at some point because it will become your limitation. And I think that's kind of key, especially in the likes of Brexit. So anyone who's listening to this third podcast who listened to the first two will know that, and there's no way obviously that you knew this, but actually in uh, reply to the question of if you had to start over again from scratch, both Anne and Richard both said if they started from day one again, they would get support in place earlier or soon. Mm-hmm. So that's really interesting that you've actually answered that in, 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 in a separate uh, question, but that's brilliant. So anyone who's listening now or watching, that's obviously a really good piece of advice. because Every single one of our entrepreneurs has now given it. So, okay. What's the best piece of advice that was given to you by someone else? And can you name them? So I suppose it was actually somebody I worked for. Um, and it was before I went working for myself. He said, get the foundations right. Um, I don't know if he'd like me naming him, actually, to be honest. So I'm not going to name him for that reason. But he's actually my entrepreneurial kind of um, inspiration because he was he was so good at foreseeing what needed to be done, but he made sure that the foundations were right. So when I was trying to skip over the business plan, he was like, get back here. If you can't even have a, like, project what you want from your setting, you have no way of measuring if you're progressing or not. You're just faffing around. So I think the best advice I got was get the foundations right. And actually, whenever I need to review my business or whenever I'm looking at expanding it, I come back to that. Where are my foundations? Are they strong enough for me to take this next step? I think too often we can run away with opportunity and not come back. And I think he gave me that before I even started. Fantastic. Uh, okay, so this one's a slightly tricky one because if you're in charge of uh, Irish business, because I know it's, it is slightly different, obviously, from, from the UK now, what legislation would you introduce to help specifically to help entrepreneurs? I think that there needs to be um, a yearly access to training funds. So I think that one of the big issues in um, especially startups is that the access to cash flow and funding is quite low, which means often the skills that are needed to be developed within the organisation aren't being awarded the money because other things are such as product or or rent or or bills if there was if there was continuous funding so in Ireland we have initial funding in the beginning but if there was continuous funding for maybe five years I think we'd have much stronger entrepreneurs with much more capacity to bring business into the international market in a in a more effective way at the moment to get into the international market um especially outside of eu markets like to get into the american market you're talking a massive amount of um, funding of resources and you're talking a massive amount of connections that could be supported better by government i think across the board and because international connections are actually the key to us sustaining our businesses long term and having a bigger impact so i think that that would be my not sure what legislation that is, but I'd go down the funding training anyway, and development. Fantastic. That's come up a couple of times as well. So brilliant. Thank you. And um, I'm not going to say finally, because I've actually added an extra question in here, which, uh, but, but, which I'm going to trick you with in a minute. But uh, what are your plans for the future and how do you plan to grow the business? Okay, well, I suppose where I'm at now, I've opened my second practice um, in Dublin. So I've been in practice about eight years and I've opened a second business. Um, 
offering the same type of work. Now I'm working internationally the whole time. I think what I'd like to do is to be able to access the organizational development market a bit more in a bit more of a structured way and create a, um, like a standardized type of support for organizations. Because at the moment, what we do is we bring in coaches in individual bases who are working off multiple theories and they don't always align. They're not always informed. Um, and they don't always have a systemic impact. So the organization wants the coach leaves, leaves, so does the impact sometimes. So what I'd like to do is to create something I can trademark where we're actually creating a particular way of impacting organizations. Mm, I love it. That's great. Thank you. And then this final question, which I've, uh, I've, I've added in because it just occurred to me actually, as you were speaking, it's like, I want to get some, I want to get a question at the end, which, uh, which again runs throughout all the podcasts, which uh, which people will really kind of look forward to as like a, a, a finishing off question. What's your favorite business book and why? In fact, it doesn't even have to be a business book. It can be a book that's influenced you mm. in business. Okay. it's I, I think one of the ones that I come back to again and again myself and with clients, and I'm going to say it wrong, but The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by, mm -hmm. I want to say Stephen Covey. Covey. Yeah, yeah, it was Stephen Covey. Sometimes I'm terrible with names. I think he has some very basic practices that can't but help everybody. You know, and I think that at the end of the day, a business is run by a person. So that person has to be more effective for the business to reach its potential. I think starting there is a good place. So, yeah, I would say that book. Fantastic. Sheila, it's been a pleasure having you on the show and taking this brief delve into the real lives of real entrepreneurs. How can people get hold of you? You can visit my website, which is SheilaWalsh.com, and you can check me out on Instagram, which is Sheila Walsh Coach. Fantastic. And I'll be putting those links into the show notes. And uh, can I just ask anyone who's viewing or listening to the podcast if they can share it with anyone else who is an entrepreneur or a business owner or just likes to work hard and would like us on iTunes and YouTube as we're going out on both and to make sure you hit the subscribe button. And if you would like to take part in the show, please drop me an email at damien at rethinkingbusiness.biz and we can have a chat. And surely you didn't even know this. Every guest on the show receives a complimentary copy of my online course by the same name, The Entrepreneur Success Formula, worth a whopping $295. So you can have that for being a guest. Thank you very much for joining me and here's to your success and the success of everyone listening and watching and speak to you soon. Thanks, Sheila. Thanks a million. Bye.